No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. The opportunity was before them. The children of Israel could have gone into the promised land, but unbelief prevented them from receiving God's blessings and produced disaster. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 14 on Simply the Bible. It was a dark day in the history of Israel. They had come within a stone's throw of receiving everything that God had promised to the patriarchs, the promised land with all its benefits. Yet because of fear and unbelief, 10 of the 12 spies brought back a bad report and the children of Israel failed to take the land. When Caleb and Joshua spoke up and tried to encourage the people that God was with them and they would surely defeat the inhabitants of the land. The entire congregation wanted to stone them. We pick it up in Numbers chapter 14, verse 10. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Whenever the people murmured and complained, the glory of the Lord appeared. This was not a good sign. This is like when dad comes home after you've been misbehaving. The Lord said, how long will these people reject me? You see, the people thought their decision not to invade the land was in their own best interests and in the best interests of their children. But God viewed it as rejection of him. Despite everything he had done for them, they would not believe him. It is impossible for us to overestimate the destructiveness of unbelief. According to Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please God. If we won't believe in the Lord, then he considers it an eternal offense with only one cure, repentance and faith. God told Moses, I will strike them with the pestilence, which surely meant death, and disinherit them, meaning that he would reject them just as they had rejected him. Moreover, God would raise up a new nation for Moses to lead. Now, I'm afraid if I were Moses at this point, with all the murmuring and complaining and unbelieving people who were constantly finding fault with my leadership, I think I would have been tempted to say, go get them, God. Let me just step aside. In fact, a new batch of folks is sounding pretty good to me right now. But that's not what Moses did. Verse 13, and Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear it. For by your might, you brought these people up from among them and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people, that you, Lord, are seen face to face and your cloud stands above them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, saying, 
because the Lord was not able to bring this people to the land which he swore to give them. Therefore, he killed them in the wilderness. Moses was not concerned about himself, but about the Lord's reputation. He cared more about God receiving glory among the nations than about his own comfort or fame. First, if God wiped them out, then the Egyptians would say that he brought them out of Egypt to destroy them. How would that make God look? Then the Egyptians would spread the news to other nations that God wasn't able to bring them into the land. It would make the Lord appear either impotent or cruel. You know, the devil is still using the same tactic today to discredit God. Whenever evil happens in the world, Satan lies to people saying that God is not good or that God is not powerful. I am humbled and challenged by Moses' example. I have prayed with other pastors who have asked God to help us make the name of Jesus famous in our community. That's a good prayer because we ought to be jealous and zealous for the Lord's reputation rather than our own. Do we really care about God being glorified? If we do, then I think as the church, we should be concerned with how we are representing him to the culture around us. Verse 17. And now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great. Just as you have spoken, saying the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Once again, we see Moses interceding for the people. I believe that this is where Moses stood head and shoulders above others. First, Moses appealed to the Lord's power. He could demonstrate his mighty power by being long-suffering. It is a greater example to be able to wipe somebody out, but instead to be patient. Second, Moses appealed to the Lord's mercy. God had already demonstrated his mercy many times to Israel. And third, Moses asked the Lord once again to pardon the iniquity of this people. Now, if we were to simply read this passage, we could easily conclude that God wanted to wipe them out, but Moses restrained the Lord's hand. But is that really what happened? You see, God is merciful, but he is also just. He cannot set aside his justice for the sake of mercy, but neither does he forget his mercy when he executes justice. That is why he seeks an intercessor. Later, he spoke through the prophet Ezekiel, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Moses had the Lord's heart and stood in the gap as an intercessor for the people. But who put that heart into Moses? The reason God searches for an intercessor is because he wants to save people. Therefore, while we know that God is both merciful and just, we are told in Scripture that mercy triumphs over judgment. Aren't you glad? 
verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Once again, Moses prevailed with God. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Moses had brought up the issue of God's glory among the nations. The Lord said, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with my glory. God will always glorify his name in whatever he does. And the day is coming when all the earth will be filled with his glory. I can't even imagine what a day that will be. Israel had beheld the glory of the Lord like no other nation ever. Nevertheless, they tested him 10 times by their murmuring, complaining, and unbelief. We must always remember the spiritual principle that to whom much is given, much is required. Because of their unfaithfulness, they would not see the promised land. God was merciful and would not wipe them out but they could not reject him with impunity. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Caleb and Joshua, as we shall see, was of a different spirit from the 10 spies who brought a bad report. He believed that they could conquer the land and that the people, cities, and giants were bred for them. Because Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord, God would bring him into the promised land and his descendants would inherit it. How blessed are the children of the righteous. The 10 spies had a spirit of fear, but as the apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That was the spirit Caleb possessed. Verse 25. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Because they failed to go into the land due to their unbelief, they would now be turned back into the wilderness. This was the great tragedy at Kadesh Barnea at the border to the promised land. To be sure, the way of unbelief leads to wandering in barren places. Verse 26, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel made against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who are numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. Now the people had complained by saying, if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? So God said, I heard what you said. And I'm going to do to you exactly what you've spoken. 
Your bodies are going to die in this wilderness. We need to be careful about what we say. Sometimes the worst thing that can happen to us is for God to give us what we ask for. Verse 30, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. Of the 600,000 fighting men, 20 years old and above, only Caleb and Joshua would remain alive to enter the promised land. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. We are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that these things occurred for our examples so that we would not crave the same evil things that they craved. There's nothing more evil than unbelief, for it is the sin that will shut a person out of heaven. May God help us not to be unbelieving, but through faith and patience to inherit all that God has promised and prepared for those who love him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to any previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Next week, we'll see that after God tells Israel to turn back into the wilderness, they presume to go up into the mountain to make war against the inhabitants. It is both a lesson in futility and the reassurance of hope. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 